And hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Conquest Chronicles Podcast. This is Matt here, along with Dina, who is currently joining us from a uh, coffee shop and currently enjoying her food right now. (laughs) Yeah, sorry if you're crunching. Making me hungry right now. (laughs) Do you you have a Sprouts up there? I think we do, actually. Go to the deli and get a sandwich. It's It's so good. You make your own, or you don't make it. You just tell them what you want. So today okay. I got marbled rye, because rye bread is the best. Turkey, lettuce, cucumber, onion, pickles, and Havarti cheese with mayo. That sounds and good. Bomb. No tomato sounds- for Scott Rodriguez. <laughs> no we both tomato. don't like tomatoes. <laughs> oh, good. Food. I like cooked tomatoes, though. It's not raw like- ones. I Unless like it's cooked. salsa, which is weird. I like cooked tomatoes. Those aren't those aren't bad. The, the, that's not bad at all. Before we get started, I have to ask you: uh, Did you go and see Avengers, or did you watch Game of Thrones? Okay, <laughs> so I'm probably the only person in the world who doesn't care about either of them. Wow. <laughs> but okay, I like Iron Man. I don't think I saw the third one though. I really like Doctor Strange, so I'm excited for the second one. But I tried watching the first Avengers, and it was so boring to me. I turned it off, like, halfway through. And Game of Thrones, I've never watched because I've heard all the spoilers from Twitter, so it's like I don't even need to watch it. I've never seen Game of Thrones ever. I, feel I would like, like it. Me. I know I would because I used to love, and I still do love, like medieval shows with swords and like knights and that kind of vibe. But right. I just have never watched it. If it I was feel, on Netflix, I probably would. But I, I feel like not. Game, of, I feel like Game of Thrones, and we all have those guilty pleasures of watching TV shows and stuff. I feel like Game of Thrones is like The Walking Dead. I feel like mm, it's exactly mm-hmm. like The Walking Dead or Empire, um, because we all get hooked on shows. We got hooked on Empire, Power, um, though I've never, I've only probably seen like three episodes of Empire. So I've never seen Empire, but I watched, I think, the first three of, three seasons of um, Walking Dead, and I got bored because the same thing kept happening. Yeah, I'm like, I've seen... I've never seen Walking Dead, but somebody told me, so years ago, I think this is right when Walking Dead just started or around that time it started. I think it was a, a, a it, we were on season three of Walking Dead. And I was told, hey, watch The Walking Dead. Watch The Walking Dead. I was like, okay, I'll check it out tonight. No, you can't watch it tonight. You have to watch the first season. I was, from that point on, I was like, I'm never going to watch Walking Dead because I can't. I can't sit there and binge watch. I think the only time I remotely binge watch something, or the only time I binge watch something, there's two times I binge watch something. That was Breaking Bad. I've never seen that. Breaking Bad's good. If you get past the first season, which it's completely dry and boring, if you get past the first season, you get hooked. You, you got to get past the first season first, and that's where it's dry. But I binge watched that, and I binge watched Last Chance You. I'm gonna get crucified for this. 
But I've only oh. seen a couple episodes of that. And oh. I don't know why. I, it, it's interesting to me. I, I need to watch the, it. I think the only reason why it's interesting to me is because with Last Chance You and having a, going to a JC before going to being at Santa Monica College and being around that, being around the football players and having the opportunity to go into football offices and be at practices and stuff. Santa Monica has a team? Yeah, Santa Monica Santa Monica uh, Santa Monica College had a team for years. Do they still? Yeah, they still do. What, what, what are they called? The uh, Corsairs. Why have I never heard of that? Well, Santa Monica College, I think, who went to Santa Monica College? I think Steve Smith, Sr., and Chad Johnson went to Santa Monica College. I know those two went to SMC for sure and transferred to, uh, I think, Steve Smith, Sr. transferred to Utah and Chad, uh, Chad Johnson transferred to Oregon State. Did he recruit from there a lot? I yes, they do. Actually, they have a. They tend to have guys come from. Um, they tend to have guys that come to campus. As a matter of fact, one practice I went to, Clancy Pendergast actually came to a practice. Clancy Pendergast. Are any current guys from Santa Monica? I don't know why. I've no, never I don't think there's any current this. players. I don't think there's any current players from the SM, uh, uh, from on the SC roster that came from Santa Monica College. I've so heard of the one like in Orange County. What's that one? Um, the Gauchos, maybe. I, That's where Johnny Stanton went to play, I think. I I'm currently After drawing. After he left one. Nebraska. But um. Yeah, Santa Monica. Matter of fact, Santa Monica College is one of the top junior colleges in the nation. It's one of the, it's one of the top junior colleges, and I think it's one of the biggest because they've been talking about turning SMC into a four year for years. Interesting. That's how big it is. But I've been to, I I actually I went to Santa Monica College before for for two years. I think for two three years. Like. I think I went for three years because I ate up a year. Um, went to SMC, been around their football program, and it was actually really nice. Matter of fact, the old, uh, not, not, um, matter of fact, is his name Troy Huntley? I think the the Utah? quarterback, yeah, the the quarterback before the current starter at Utah came from SMC. I want to say he went a year after me. I want to say his name is Troy Huntley. I want yeah, to say that Tyler Huntley. Tyler. No, it it wasn't Tyler Huntley actually. It wasn't Tyler Huntley. It was Troy. Oh my god. Let me look this up. Troy. Troy, I, I want to say his name was Troy Williams. Yeah, Troy Williams. Troy Williams. There you go, Troy Williams. Troy Williams actually oh, played. Oh, twenty twelve. Well, he lived yeah. in twenty twelve. He he um he came from SMC actually. He came from SMC. I remember that. But he was a uh, yeah. 
the, there's been quite a few guys that came from Santa Monica College. And that was at the time where, um, that was at a time where, where Coach Giff, where Coach Gifford was there, who is now at El Camino College. But we can, we can go, we can go on and on with JCs and everything. It's valuable information. It's valuable information as well because the, some of the guys who I know from Santa Monica College is now at El Camino College. But, um, it's a different story for a different day. But speaking of that, we, we just had the NFL draft this past weekend. Um, quite a few surprises, quite a few surprises, actually, some not so shocking. Um, I I mean, the number one pick, obviously, I think the first three picks went as, as planned. Quentin Williams pick to the Jets, uh, something that kind of, I don't want to say it threw me off, but it kind of gained some traction the day of the draft. Kyler Murray going number one wasn't surprising. Josh Rosen getting traded to uh, uh, to Miami isn't surprising, given that they were going to trade they were going to trade him. Arizona doing away with guys after one year that's nothing surprising. Nah. <laughs> um, Raiders taking Colin uh, Colleen Farrell again to my <laughs> surprise. It to me was surprising. I yeah, was I more. I think they could have waited just like the Giants could have waited for Jones. Yikes. Did you see that? The people in the in the crowd when they picked him? Oh my god, that That's was so uh embarrassing. And then like the people online posting videos. There was this one kid, someone posted a video on Twitter of this family watching it and these like young young boys, probably like thirteen maybe, um, Giants fans and they're they're all excited and then they, the Giants chose Daniel Jones, and one of them was, like, screaming, like, pulling his shorts up, giving himself a wedgie, and I was like, what is happening? That's kind of going way too far there. But, I mean, I I, mean it's a, we'll see, but I didn't I mean, think I thought that my, was a, I thought my team had a good, I thought the Raiders had a, had a solid draft. You were mad for a while. I was, because I... So here's until the they thing. picked is it until they picked the Josh Jacobs? Is that, did that is that who they picked? They what picked running back did they pick? Jacobs. I thought Josh Jacobs was a good pick. I thought that overall it was good pick. I just felt the Except pick the at four was a reach. It wasn't saying that he's not a good player because he is a good right. player, but I felt you could have had you could have took. Um, Oliver, you could have took Ed Oliver, or you could have took Josh Allen, and mm-hmm. and at that number four pick. Now Farrell could end up. I mean, he it, he was he did win the award for the top defensive end in the nation, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, Mayock knows his thing. He's a draft guy. He scouts. That's his thing. So he sees things that we don't see. I just felt the pick was a reach, but did they end up doing a quarterback? Not no, they didn't. Like an undrafted one? No, they no. didn't. They didn't. I, I was shocked by. I mean, I think Hunter Renfro is a good player, but I thought people were gonna he was gonna slip further than he did. No, because Winfro, 
And I love the pick. I was hoping the Raiders would pick up Winfro, and I'm glad they did. Because Winfro is is the possessions guy. He's mm-hmm. he's the guy he's the guy that's going to make the catches. He'll make the catches and he'll get you the yardage that's needed. And he also has some key plays for Clemson too. Let's not forget he had a couple of key plays for Clemson uh, uh, yeah. last season. So, but um, how did you feel? And I, and I also thought the Jets had a good draft. Um, I thought they had a, a, a decent draft. Also picking up um, Chuma Odega to, to protect uh-huh. Sam Darnold once again. I think in the second round, second or third round. In the third round, yeah, and so, then Toa Lobendon. He went to the Jets, right? Yeah, he did, but I, as long as they don't play him at I was kind of hoping they'd get a big-time receiver, though, because last year the Jets receivers were f- garbage. Even in, even Anderson. I'm not a, really a huge fan. But Anderson came along. I think Anderson was He's hit so, or miss. He, yeah. He was hit or miss for Sam Darnold. That was the thing. And it, it scares was me like, how skinny he is. I feel like he's going to get hurt. Oh, goodness. He's so skinny. Uh, but as as we mentioned, uh, as oh, mentioned, a shock though. Speaking of big time receivers, I was shocked that okay. So I knew Seattle was going to trade back, mm-hmm. and they did. Um, but I was shocked that, and they usually pick players that aren't the big names. But I was shocked they went and got DK Metcalf. Well, I think with that report of of with that report coming out. I think they had to go receiver. Did you see that video? The Seahawks, I think, I think it was Seattle's Twitter that posted that video of Metcalf walking in on the meeting shirtless. That was the last thing I needed. The last thing we needed to see was Pete Carroll take his shirt off. And I'm so glad. I am so glad he never pulled this off at USC. Pete Carroll done some things at USC. That made you want to run through a brick wall for him. I think Pete Carroll taking his shirt off is not it. <laughs> that, you can't tell that, me that's not the most fun coach in all of football. Oh my God, he is. He is. He definitely is. I think. I think he started the tradition of of pulling up in an ice cream truck. He started. I wouldn't be. Sh- I wouldn't be shocked. I think he started that tradition. Then Lane Kiffin did it. Uh huh. Because Lane Kiffin was in a video with Marquise Lee, actually. Was, was yeah, in a, that 2012, that Lane, that Lane Kiffin era, the 2012 and, like, 2011, they were putting out videos, like, fun videos like that. Like, I remember Matt Barkley had a series where he would go play other sports with the with the teams, like Matt, Bur- Matt Barkley versus oh, yeah. the girls' soccer team. Or... Because he, uh, he had his own app, actually, because he developed his own app. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, so in 2012, before 2012, he did his own app. He developed his own app, actually. And they showed a lot of exclusives on that app. Like, they did film study on there. They did Matt Barsley versus whoever. Uh, they had the Trojan Unfiltered, if you remember, the Trojan Unfiltered series. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. they would go behind the scenes and Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley would go behind the scenes and everything, and um, and Lane Kiffin. That's when you started to see the personality of Lane Kiffin come out. 
Because Lane Kiffin really didn't have a personality. Yeah, until he, he was very UFC. stoic. And then he Which finally he's not now, because on Twitter he's like, oh, on Twitter, he's, <laughs> on Twitter he's hilarious. He's hilarious, but he has the right to because there's there's a misconception of how he is as a head coach, and I think at USC we kind of gave him his unfair due at that time. So right, I I That's- I. I felt that way, so. Back to the draft, though. So we had Adoga going first um, out of USC's picks. Yeah. We had uh, Marshall to the Ravens, Tell to the Colts. Smith, I was shocked he fell that far. I uh, think He fell to the fifth round. I think I projected that he would go around in, the, in the, like the fourth, fifth round. I think that was something that I kind of projected. Um just because of of the se- I think a lot of these guys their draft stock fell because of the season USC had. Had USC done better, right. they probably would have seen uh, Chuma go higher. But not only that, I also think the coaching staff didn't help, and their performance on the field didn't help. Like Cam Smith, honestly, yeah, he was the most consistent guy. And all through he was the all most his consistent guy days, for like his four years. Not all his four years at USC, he was the most consistent guy. But the defense, with the defense being gashed half the time and being on the field most of the time, it didn't help his cause. Right. It, it wasn't. That was it. That was it for the drafted guys. And we had Chris Brown signing with the Chargers, Lowen yeah. on the Jets, Akasajic Ware, the Redskins, Jane Harris, Eagles. And then last, we had Porter Gustin with the Saints after a couple days of waiting. Here's my thing that shocked me. How wasn't Porter Gu- How Porter Gustin wasn't drafted, and then they I waited just, two days for him to get signed, and his only thing that he got, I think, was a, a, a tryout invite to the Bills, from what I read. How was it that somebody who's projected to go— I thought he signed with the Saints. He did sign with the Saints, but that was, but that was uh, before there was reports. I think the guy from the somebody from uh, the Bills who reported it said that he got a tryout invite by from the Bills before the Saints signed him as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, I mean that that one's kind of a surprise, but not really because his his injury history is just it's. I don't know if I was a team if I'd want to take that take that chance by drafting him. Yeah, but I mean the thing that I couldn't um the thing that I couldn't really figure out was that how can I put it? The thing that I really couldn't figure out was that we've seen guys with injury histories before get drafted. There's been a lot of guys with with major injury concerns get drafted. Um, I bring up DJ Hayden's case, but Hayden had the heart thing and he was healthy. Um, but I that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, you know what I'm kind of shocked about? This is totally off tangent, not really, but I was shocked. The Seahawks didn't send an invite to Jake Olson. Because he has that history of Pete Carroll. I don't think he would. And get usually a, the C, usually the Seahawks do that kind of thing. Like they, 
they drafted um, Shaquem Griffin. Is that what his name was? Yeah, but Griffin's case and then they was, did, was different. That's and then they did the different. guy who was deaf a couple of years ago. And then they did um, the Texas Longhorn vet, Army, Army vet, or Green Bray vet, sorry. Um, gosh, what was his name? He came to class. He was the long snapper, I think. But here's my thing. And... Nate Boyer, that was his name. Here's my thing. With that is... I keep saying here's my thing repeatedly. But... With Griffin and Coleman, and I think it was Coleman, with the three that you named... They're completely different than Jake Olsen. Though Jake Olsen, though, though Jake Olsen played, everyone has to remember they had to get permission from other teams. Or they had right. to let other teams know, hey, we have this guy who is blind. We have Jake Olsen who is blind. You know, he can't see or anything like that. He's blind. And you're not allowed to hit the, the the snapper to begin with. You're not allowed to hit the center and on special teams. But they had to get permission. They had to talk to those teams beforehand and tell them, look, we want to bring them in the game. Can you guys not rush? The NFL is completely different. Like with, with Griffin and, and all the names you named, those guys played in actual games. Like they played <laughs> – and got hit or delivered hits and stuff like that. Somebody's gonna be a jerk in the NFL and hit Olsen. But I do think um, moving forward, you'll see an NFL team. And granted, this is the NFL. This is the NFL. So with them pulling, you know, them and stuff like that. Who knows? But with the N, with with. Olsen, he's doing other things to raise money for charity and stuff like that. I won't be surprised if Pete Carroll bring him in, like, maybe to get him in a uniform, have him come out, because he did it before. Olsen brought, um, Olsen brought, or Olsen went to a Seahawks game and on the field with Pete Carroll before. So, I think it's something that, I don't think he'll play in the NFL, to take a snap, but I think you'll see him like in uniform or something like that. But I don't think he'll get a contract. But uh, with Port Augustine, I don't know. I I, I just it, it, there has to be more because it can't be the drug testing thing, them failing that drug test because it was for Adderall. And for people who don't know, Adderall is a medication for people with ADHD, some with autism and ADD. And it could come up, at, you know, it, it, what the story that people don't understand is that the NFL exempted that. Like they said, go ahead, you could take Adderall. That's fine because they know what it's for. So it's surprising to me that he, it, 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 that he failed that far and that it took him a couple of days. Could it be the injury concerns? I think so. I think that could be a large part of it. 
But again, you've seen guys drafted late, you know, with injury concerns. I yeah, I, I for sure think it's just injury. Because I thought, I thought there's nothing it could else be on his record. Too. I'm thinking it could be the injury too. I mean, he played through injuries too. Remember, he had the and he had a solid ball. combine. He did. But this is why I I always say the combine don't really mean anything. Combine and pro day don't really mean much because you're just doing drills without the pads. It's what you can do on film is what people want to see. This is why I think seven-on-seven should be implemented into the NFL combine because you could truly see a quarterback make read and make the throws that he can make. You can see a defense cover. Can you cover one-on-one? This is why I feel like seven on seven needs to be implemented in the combine and and uh uh defensive line and offensive line uh drills or competitions should be put into the NFL combine. Because that's where you can see things, that's where you can see the footwork and all that stuff on top of tape. But um USC ended up with four only what only having four drafted and now they're tied with Ohio State with the most players drafted. I, I, Is it the uh, most or the in the first round? I think it's the most. Mm. The most drafted. Speaking of Ohio State, did you see Dwayne Haskins? I did. Bad. I did. And you know what? It reminds me of... um. It reminds me of the, uh, uh, of, um, here it is. Sorry, before we go to Haskins, Ohio State tied USC for the most first round draft picks of all time. So yes, you were right. They're tied at, um, I believe they're tied at 81. Yes. There's USC, Ohio State. Then there's a major gap. Then there's Notre Dame, Miami, Alabama. A lot of people thought Miami would be it, but Miami and first-round picks didn't really start happening until, like, the mid-2000s. Until, like, the – no, until, like, 80s, 90s, and and 2000s. Then when Miami had its drop-off, it kind of stopped. Then that's when USC started having first-round picks. But USC and Ohio State are are tied at one with 81. But that just shows you, you go to USC or Ohio State, you're going to get drafted. I know these programs use that saying, look, if you come to our program, you will get drafted. You will most likely get drafted. I was shocked that um, Alabama wasn't higher. No, Alabama wasn't going to be high. There, Alabama has has a lot of catching up to do. Remember, Alabama had a drop off as well. Alabama's each program that's had a drop off tends to fall behind. USC and Ohio State, I feel like, are always consistently going to have at least a first round pick. Um, which means USC needs to have a first round pick ASAP <laughs> soon. Somebody got to come out soon, but um, but I think uh, I think it's a good thing, though. I think it's I think that's that's huge for both programs, actually. But 
USC, I think the last first-round pick was Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold was the last first-round pick last year. Yeah, he was. You know I mean? USC could have had if, – if Juju Smith-Schuster if – if you were to do a redraft, Juju Smith-Schuster honestly would have been up there. I think always when you see the redrafts, you tend to see certain players go to certain places. That always tends to happen. Um, anyway, moving uh, moving on. Before, before we move forward towards the draft, what do you think about the picks and the fits? Do, do you think that, these, that certain picks will fit? Or, like, what, what picks did you like from USC, uh, with USC players? Um, let's see. Actually, I think my favorite was Adoga. I think okay. that's a good fit. And the Jets, um, the Jets O-line definitely needed some work last year. That's how Sam Darnold got hurt. Yeah. Um... I honestly like I honestly liked the um the the Imam Marshall pick. And the reason why I like it is because Baltimore is a physical defense. Baltimore likes to play a physical defense and Imam Marshall is a physical corner. He's a big physical corner, which is why he has the nickname Biggie. Um but there has been talk of moving him to to uh safety. I think they they may experiment with him at safety. I think Marshall can be a starting cornerback in the NFL. I honestly believe that. I don't think he'll be a shutdown corner. I don't think he'll be a slot corner. But he will be a starting cornerback for any NFL. If they move him to safety, you know, it that could work out too. It's just you got we got to see how these things play out. We got to see how it plays out. But I think uh, I like the Marshall picks. I think Cam Smith could also uh, be a good pick with the um, with the Vikings. Yeah, I think that he's going to show out in camp. And I also think Porter Gustin's going to show out in camp. Now, somebody told me the Saints don't run um, the Saints don't run a. Uh, what is it? A four, a four, uh, not a four, three, a three, four defense. So does anybody know what the heck they run? I don't know. Because somebody I said it in the article that the Saints run a um run a 3-4. But then somebody told me they don't run a 3-4 defense. To be honest, I haven't really watched much Saints football the past couple of years. I, I, All I really know about the Saints is that Drew Brees is the quarterback and Alvin Kamara from Tennessee is their good running back, so. I'm trying, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what they run. And if you're a Saints <laughs> fan, if you're a Saints fan, please tell me what defensive scheme do the Saints run? I'm trying to figure that out because I'm Who's trying to figure DC? out. Wasn't it, um. Wasn't it recording a podcast? You're what? Recording a podcast right now? Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. That was funny. <laughs> that, was, that was my coworker. <laughs> People, Dina is a very popular person out here. <laughs> I'm really not. Dina, Dina, when you see Dina around town, people ask Dina for autographs. <laughs> that is definitely not true. 
These are facts, people. I've seen it. I've been a witness. We go, we go to Dodger Stadium. We go to Dodger Stadium, and people not are like, a single person oh there. I knew. Are you? T- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just you saying. more people than I did. <laughs> if you see Dina, if you see Dina, she is a local celebrity. Go up to her, ask for an autograph, or get a picture. She is a local celebrity out here. I guess if you're hiking or at a coffee shop, well, technically at Augie's, then that might be true. Anyway, um, anyway, the Saints defensive coordinator is Dennis Allen. So I think they Wasn't run. It, what's his name? Who was um, the, the Jets' cold coach and then his brother? Was Rex Ryan and Rob Ryan? Yeah, wasn't it, wasn't Rob Ryan with the Saints? Rex, Rob, uh, uh, Rob Ryan was with, uh, was with the Saints at a point in time. Then they, but that was, was that like, a long time ago? Cause that's, yeah, that was a very long time ago. Oh. That was like after high school, after high school, beginning of college for me. So probably the beginning of high school for you, I think. Interesting. Now I'm looking up Rex Ryan. <laughs> I thought he was still coaching the Bills for some reason. No, he's Who's on the NFL. Coach? That is a great question. I don't know. They've changed coaches so many times, it's not even funny. Yeah, they do. But moving forward, mo- uh, moving forward, USC picked up a uh, uh, picked up a graduate transfer out of the transfer portal. So. Mm-hmm. Granted, USC has had a lot of um, have had a lot of players transfer. They had a lot of players transfer out of the program. Now they have somebody transferring in the program. Drew Richardson, offensive tackle or offensive lineman, Drew Richardson, or Richmond, excuse me, Drew Richmond, out of ten, or from Tennessee, is transferring to USC. Uh, Richmond was a five-star recruit. Uh, when he committed to the Vols, he committed to the Vols um, back in back in 2016. Excuse me, back in 2015, actually, when Butch Jones was there. Um, Butch Jones and Tennessee came up had back-to-back nine-win seasons. They had a lot of talent with Josh Dobbs there at the quarterback. However, they did lose a lot of guys, and his production took a hit, didn't really ex- uh, ex- perform to standard. He started a lot of games, though. He's, he's, he started 25, I think. Yeah, he did. He started a lot of games. Start, uh, he redshirted in 2015, started, or started in 2016, I believe. Um, and again, uh, again, Transferred to USC. He took a visit to USC during spring camp, uh, and now he he committed to USC. Announced his commitment to USC. I think it's a good pickup for USC. Granted that they need some help on the offensive line. They need some depth on the offensive line. I I thought it was a good get for them. I think it was a good for, get for them, and I I'm interested to see how the fit is. He'll be there for one year. I think. He he can help his draft stock, and um, 
No, no, I'm interested to see how this Oh, for sure, because I, I, I saw something the other day that uh, Tennessee hasn't had someone drafted in a couple years. Is that true? Or at least this year they didn't have anybody drafted. I don't think they had anybody drafted this year. Um, I saw something that they have, like, this the longest streak of not, of not having someone selected. Josh Dodge was selected. Josh Dodge was selected, but he was selected the same year Juju Smith-Schuster. So. But he, um, again, uh, Drew Richmond, former five-star offensive lineman, will be at USC as a graduate transfer, which means he will be <coughs> eligible to play immediately. Immediately. So we'll see him at spring camp. Other news and exciting news, more exciting news here um, in terms of the injury front that covers both the cornerback position and the wide receiver position. Kyle Ford is clear. Yep, uh, that knee injury he had <clears throat> during a senior season of high school is fully healed, and it's going to be a crowded wide receiver room in the in a positive way. I don't know about crowded, given that there's only like five or six receivers. But you know, yeah, you know, you know, you are right. It is actually crowded. <clears throat> I, on, on second thought, because I. I have to think about the guys who are there now, plus four, that would make six. Then the other two, so eight wide receivers, actually. And I don't know what's going on with Keyshawn Young, but um, I know it's academics from what I've heard. Yeah, I wouldn't. If he's not playing this year, I would not count that. Guys tend to sit out spring camp. But he hasn't really played at all since he's been there. Yeah, well, even now this will he, be the time. Even when he was not on academic probation. Yeah, well, I mean, this will be the time. <laughs> if there's any time for him to play, this will be the time. I don't know if I he's think now it's just too crowded with young talent like um, Ross St. Brown, Kyle Ford. McLean and uh, <coughs> uh, Manure yeah, McLean and, and Drake London. Drake London's coming in. So... Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's gonna see the field. I think Kyle yeah. Ford's gonna see the field. <laughs> I think Ford will end up seeing the field. Now he what he has been rehabbing. There was a uh, he did post a video of him rehabbing. Matter of fact, there's an article coming out on it. But um, he again he tore his ACL against Mission Viejo early in the season. Uh, four star receiver. And remember, there was a lot of uh, speculation that he might that he might end up flipping his commit mm-hmm. to either Washington or Oregon after uh, Kingsbury left. However, that wasn't the case. He stayed, especially it's key for USC because of the amount of transfers they had on top of um, on top of losing Brew McCoy the way they did and Puka Nakua flipping his commit from USC to Washington. So, I thought, I think this is good. This is huge for USC. Now, I don't know the the amount. I don't know if we'll see him at the player-ran practices over the summer or if we'll see him during spring, during summer and fall camp. It is possible that you'll see him during fall camp and that he'll be <coughs> full go fall camp. Remember, Max Williams, Max Williams, um, 
ended up working out during spring camp, and we saw how good he looks. He looked pretty good. So this could be the same for for Kyle Ford, who's getting a lot of comparisons to Juju Smith-Schuster coming in. So I'm interested. So I, I think that's a good thing. Another new in other news, more good news here is that um, Elijah Griffin has been cleared for player ran practices and uh, for for fall camp. This news was broken by um, by by us uh, by inside by uh, what was it Trojan Insider? Mm-hmm. I, I by, this was broken by uh, Scott Strader of of Trojan Insider. He was the one that broke the news and. I think that's also a good thing that he's back because Elijah Griffin has a lot of talent and I think he's a he's a favorite to start opposite of Greg uh, of Greg Johnson. Also you have um who, who also will see rotation time as well as um Eli- as well as uh, Isaiah Taylor Stewart. But I'm I'm glad to see that he's uh that he's cleared that Elijah Griffin is clear because he has a lot of talent and I, and he played a lot actually last season too. But not only that, that helps the depth at corner at the defensive back position, a position that's been hurt with injuries as well going into late last season. So, right. And then, and then that combined us losing Marshall and, uh, and, uh, Tell and Harris, you know, their, their DBs group is, was thin. Has been hit with a lot of injuries for sure. But speaking of injuries or strength and conditioning, I've seen a lot of people, uh, USC players on Twitter voicing their, what's the word? Their excitement and their, the positivity of the new strength and conditioning program. Have you seen them? I keep seeing them. They're yeah. saying how, how it's worked, work, um, it's like a hard workout. It's challenging to them. It's, they can feel it, like you know. They can they can see the positive results. It's not like some flimsy workout. Yeah, and I think that's huge, especially given that you have somebody who is very familiar with USC and who's been there before. Um, I think that's very good that we're hearing that because keep in mind the strength and conditioning coach is going to be in there the most. He's going to be in there the most with your. Um, with these guys, he's going to be in there a lot with the, you know, with the players more than the coaches. So that's a good thing when you hear positive responses from the strength and conditioning, uh, from the players on a strength and conditioning program. That's actually needed. That's actually well, you know, that's actually well needed. And it's very good to hear too. That's, it's very positive to hear. So. I like it. I'm, I, I like hearing stuff like that. I know you like hearing stuff like that too because you've been huge. You've been hard on the strength and conditioning program. You've been hard on strength and conditioning. And this is what you, this is what you, we want to hear because USC having a lot of injuries. I think that falls on strength and conditioning. Yeah. I mean, for the most part. So, so, I I think that's a that's a great thing. That's a great thing to hear. So, 
I have to ask you this question. I know it's early. I know there's been speculation and all that. But how would you feel about Urban Meyer coming to <laughs> USC? Um, I think it would be wild. And, I mean, I, I like Clay Hilton. I do a lot. Um, but if he can't get it done after the season, then <clears throat> I'll be jumping on the Urban Meyer train. So, if USC struggles, you can expect here. If USC struggles, you can expect a, a few, a couple of USC legends to start the recruiting <laughs> process. So, in um, in in Araj uh, Markazi's article, the same article he did on Reggie Bush, he mentioned that him that him and Matt Liner will. Um, if USC struggles, that he would recruit Urban Meyer to USC, that they would start recruiting him hard to go coach at USC. For those who don't know why, Matt Liner and Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, and Can you Urban imagine Meyer, having them in our recruiting department? Oh God, that would be. You know what? The thing about that is Reggie Bush and Matt Liner being in there would be huge for USC recruiting. That would be amazing for USC recruiting. Because those are the two guys that, especially Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush is the household name that that people look up to, and he's a lot of the he's the reason why a lot of people went to USC. Mm-hmm. Um, but Reggie, but um, Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, and um, and Urban Meyer, along with others, are analysts on Fox Sports uh, on Fox Sports um, College Football. Um, Fox Sports College Football. They're doing a, um, a, a a version, a game day version on Fox Sports, on FS1. They're doing kind of like a college game day style. So it's supposed to be, I guess, the answer, ES, the Fox's answer to ESPN College Game Day. Mm-hmm. Though I don't think it will ever reach the luster of that, of college game day, because college game day has been in the game for so long. But... They're going to be working together as analysts, and you're going to see Reggie Bush and Matt Liner go, hey, Urban, you know, you got to do your, you know, you got to come to USC and turn this around and yada, yada, yada. I don't know what Urban Meyer's health is. I know he did resign due to health reasons. Sorry, you cut out for like a couple minutes. Um. Okay, I'm good. I, I I know he um I know he resigned due to uh to health reasons, which is the reason why he resigned at at Florida. That's the and public reason, but every you know, I've seen a lot of people saying if that whole scandal hadn't happened with Zach Smith, he'd still be coaching. And that is possible. That that's actually fair to bring up because Everybody's wondering, well, what the heck? But if USC starts to struggle, if they do, if if USC struggles, who knows what that'll mean for Clay Helton? Clay Helton already made changes to the coaching staff, which I think everyone wanted Clay Helton fired. That was the big thing. 
me and you were on this podcast and we we said we thought that it was time for Clay to go because the season that USC had and how the way things were going it was just best to move on like it was time to move on right i think clay did a good job of of bringing guys in with the guys he did bring in um well i think that was the only way he was going to keep his job and i think we both said that was the only way U.S. he was going to keep his job. Well, who knows, because Lynn Swan might have not done anything had he not made any changes. Well, here's this is the question I asked. Who was behind the changes? Was it – did Lynn Swan – because everybody – we look at this from the outside, and I got to play devil's advocate here, not capping for Lynn Swan saying, well – not really defending Lynn Swan because I think Lynn Swan needs to go as athletic director as is. But who is there to say that Lynn Swan didn't go and say, hey, look, um, you're going to have to change something. I'm going to get, I'm going to keep you around, but you need to change some things. And if you don't change anything, then I'm going to really let you go. So who is there to say that he didn't say that? Now, if USC does struggle the way they do, if they struggle early out the gate, that might be an invitation for him to go. Because remember, we've seen this before where USC struggled out the gate and a head coach was fired. I can't say the Sarkeesian thing because Sark's alcoholism was what did him in. His mm-hmm. alcohol, his his alcohol abuse is what did him in there. So True. USC had to do damage control there, but if USC does struggle, I I I and and they do let Clay Helton go, I wouldn't be shocked to see Urban Meyer. I'd be shocked just because USC doesn't really do the big name hires. I mean, look what happened with Kingsbury. Or when they do, it backfires. But I'd like to see it. I'd be down. I would love to see it too. I, 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 I mean, look, I'll sell I'm my not going to say. For, for I'm not going to say I would love to see it. I know it. some people don't <laughs> like Urban Meyer, but I don't care. I want a national championship. I, I, um. I don't know how to put it, honestly. In all honesty, I think if Urban Meyer comes, I'll be mixed about it because of the baggage he'll bring on top of him saying, oh, health reasons for why right. I'm not coach. But well, at the same time, when it, I don't think Bob, it'd be his health. It'd be his whether or not he knew or didn't know about. Yeah, because look at Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops is probably, I think, is about to coach the XFL. And he resigned from Oklahoma for health reasons. But I think there's always, I mean, Mac Brown. Well, Mac Brown's different. He didn't resign because of health reasons. Mac Brown was forced out of Texas. That's going to be wild. I wonder how he's going to do at North Carolina. Well, this is the second stint at North Carolina. So that's going to be interesting. Also, Les Miles of Kansas. That'll be That's, interesting. Yeah, that that will be a lot of coaching stuff. That will be interesting. Um. So, moving on here, 
we have the best and the worst. Well, not the best, but everybody always want to hear the best USC loss wins that they've ever seen. You know, everybody always want to see that. Um, everybody wants to uh, hear that story. However, nobody ever wants to share the worst losses. Now, and before we get into this, I feel like we should not include the orange or not the orange bowl. What am I saying? The Rose Bowl to Texas, because I feel like that's going to be everyone's answer. Yeah, that's cheating. That is definitely cheating. Because everybody's going to say, oh, well, the Rose Bowl game. No, because that's every we all had that story where we either broke a remote we broke a TV. We broke down crying. Right. I think a lot of I think a lot of us either cry, broke something, or were angry and didn't leave the didn't leave the public uh, the public eye for like a span of eight months. <laughs> I know I did not watch a single highlight of that game until the USC thirty for thirty came out. In terms of worst loss, though. That is kind of recent because I, while I did watch USC football when I was little, like during the Carroll era, like the highlight, the hide it, highlight, highlight of it, like with Reggie Bush and Matt Liner, I was, I was little, so I didn't really pay that much attention, but some mine are more recent. Um, well, well, before we, before we share them, I think we have to say, we gotta have to give a disclaimer here also outside of the Rose Bowl one. We're asking, so we're going to share the worst losses, not the most embarrassing losses. USC worst as in a, how it made you feel? Yeah, worse as in how it made you feel, a game you wish that never happened, you know, or mm-hmm. a game, like those losses that to this day, it eats you up inside. Like it bugs you. You think about it every day and it bugs you. <laughs> Like okay, something like that. That's close to the Texas loss. So okay. most embarrassing would be the, the all of the losses of the twenty fifth of the uh, of the um, what was it this past season? Yes, this past season <laughs> would be embarrassing. This past season, the Bama game. This past season, the Bama. And while game, those were embarrassing, those were embarrassing, but it wasn't like. I was crushed because we had a freshman quarterback and all these injuries. So it's like it was embarrassing, but it was whatever, I guess. But the one – did you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first, actually. Okay. So my uh, worst loss that eats me up to this day um, would have to be the 2011 Stanford game, the triple overtime game. I think mm-hmm. we shared this story. I think I shared this story before. Um, Is that the one where your date cursed it? Yes. <laughs> so, long story short, here I went to the game and I I took a date to this game. Actually, I won tickets. I won tickets through StubHub. Actually, that's how I ended up getting the tickets because I was looking to buy tickets. And I fell asleep on the bus coming home. This is when I was going to Santa Monica at the time. And I fell asleep on the bus. And I woke up to a bunch of text messages. Everyone's like, hey, you won tickets from StubHub. I was like, I did? I won four tickets from StubHub to this game. So I saved 
almost a hundred and fifty. A lot bucks. of money. <laughs> I saved a boatload of money from having to go to this game. Anyway, um, I was given. Um, how can I put this? I was I was uh, given tickets, and I was taking a person who I was seeing at the time. However, how the way that day shook out, it was fun for me, at least, because I was there, I got to meet Michael Cooper, I got to go to college game day, I got to go to, um, who else, I tailgated with a lot of my friends, I got to meet a lot of people, and then the person who I was taking to the game and her friend, and her friend showed up. I think an hour before the game. So they missed out You're on like, all the like, y'all don't really games. know what it is to go to a college football game, do you? <laughs> oh my god, I was, I was already annoyed at that point. I wasn't annoyed, but apparently she got her car towed and had to get it out the, it was, it was something. Anyway, and one of my friends, a good friend of mine, uh, um, Josh Webb, fight on twist, you can follow him on Twitter. <coughs> He actually, I am actually invited him to the game because he told me he wasn't planning on going. And I had a next, I was like, hey, dude, come to the game. I got a ticket for you. And I, you know, I had him, I was like, come to the game. I, I, you know, I will give you a ticket. I have an extra ticket. I will give you my extra ticket. So he came to the game, which was cool. And so we go. <laughs> this is the funny part. So we go to the t- little tailgating party that they have there, and I'm already mm-hmm. ready to go. Like I'm ready to get in the stadium and see the game, yada yada yada. So we're inside the tailgating party, and someone who we knew was also there, and he was hammered, like he was gone, and he got mad at somebody, and he threw a cookie at him, <laughs> <laughs> and and so. Anyway, we're in the game, we're in there and everything like that, and game's going on, you have the high, the low, and after the game, after Curtis McNeil fumbled, I was devastated, like, I fell to my knees, and, like, in the Coliseum, I sat in the Coliseum for 10 minutes, I did not leave my seat for 10 minutes, because I was in pure disbelief, like, I was in pure, I was stunned, I was sad, I was hurt. All the energy, all the energy that I gave, like all the energy that I gave after, uh, uh, during the game, before the game was gone. Like mentally, I was done. Like I was out of it mentally. And so I was sad just the whole game. I was just, I was sad at the end. And I, and I crashed too because I was like, I was in a mental and physical fatigue. So on the ride home, on the ride home, and in, in the in the truck with my with my date's friend because she came too. Man, we I sat there, and I got out the car, and you know I got out the car and everything. I get a hug, and next thing you know, the thing I hear, and this makes me mad to to this day. So, ladies, if you ever date somebody who watches football. And after a devastating loss, do not tell them, it's okay, don't be sad, it's okay, it's just a game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, me too, don't do that to me. 
Man. You say you say this automatically. That is the invitation to end things, to block the number, block the social <laughs> media, and never communicate to with new that phone. Who this? New phone? Who this? <laughs> no, you don't do that. That and if you're married, that's automatic sleep on the couch. <laughs> you don't say things like that. We're already hurt, devastated, and mad. We don't need you to tell us, don't be sad. It's just a game. <laughs> if you don't, no. No, don't do that. Let them rant. Let them be sad. Give them a day. Give them the whole day. Don't give them an hour. Give them the whole Go shopping or something. Go shopping <laughs> or something. Don't touch them. Don't look at Just go shopping. Because I guarantee you, it will help. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of when when I was at USC and we would be at the game and they would the team would like make a bad play or do something stupid. I'd just be quiet. I would I wasn't I never was the one to like yell like or cuss about it. I just like stayed silent. And my friend Adrian knew because he he learned quick after they made a bad penalty or whatever. Because he, he didn't really know football, he he would turn to me and be like, "Oh, wait, why did that happen? Wait, what are they doing? Why did they do that?" And I would, I just wouldn't say anything, or I'd be like really short, and he'd be like, "Yikes! Okay, don't talk to Dino when something bad happens." That's the that's the lesson. That's the lesson. I I swore, I swear, every time something bad happens, <laughs> and everyone sees that look on my face. They're like, just don't say anything to him. Let him be him. <clears throat> yeah, that just don't. Just don't. I've had my share. I've uh, also dented a chair during the USC UCLA game once. So, <laughs> trust me, the, it, it, you don't want to say that. But yeah, that's uh, the worst loss that I've had. Another one. <clears throat> I don't want to say it's something that eats me up inside, but it's something I still think about. Twenty, and it was that same season. Remember the game against ASU in Arizona in Tempe? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, the uh, that one was kind of bad too. Was that one? What's his name? Pointed at Matt Barkley. Yep. When yeah. Burfick pointed at Matt Barkley. That was a, well, I don't want to say that was embarrassing, but imagine being in Tempe after, before, during the game and after the game. And everybody is shouting at you and yada, yada, yada. And it's hot on top of things. <laughs> well, no, it was cooler actually at that time. It was actually cool at that time. It wasn't as hot as it was earlier in the day. It was actually a lot cooler, but, man, that game was uh, something. Like, there was this guy, he was just there yelling. He was like, yeah, yeah, and he would point to me. He was like, yeah, yeah. You, I'd be like, Shh, I would, I would have. Yeah. And I stood yeah. up, and there were people leaving, and I stood up, 
And the guy stood in front of the walkway. The guy stood in front of the walkway. He's like, you better not leave. He was yelling at me. He was like, you better not leave. I'm like, dude, I can't go anywhere if I wanted to. Because I was with some, I was with some very good friends of mine. I was with some very good friends of mine. And they, you know, and they got my ticket. They got my ticket to the game. So even if I wanted to go anywhere, I really couldn't go anywhere. I'm like, I'm stuck here. Where am I? He's like, you better not go anywhere. Like, I don't leave when games are bad. Good. Wow. Yeah, I would have snapped his arm. He was so aggressive. And uh, there was another guy. I don't put up the crap like that. Just yeah. If any rival opponents are listening to this, <laughs> don't yeah. say anything to me or you'll get your arm snapped. Newsflash, don't take Dina on the road to bail her out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, if we go to a road game, you better have some bail money put away. Well. So, um, if we go on a road game, so if you ever come up to Cal, just, it's safe <laughs> to say have bell money ready. Got you. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then there's this guy that came to me, and I don't know if he was slightly drunk or if he was drunk. I don't know what he was. But he came, uh, he came up to me, he's like, you know what, dude? I don't even have a rooting interest. I'm an Ohio State fan. Like, all out the blue. I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> I don't funny. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. It was the weirdest. It, it was the worst loss because my team you got the You know State then? You chose to go to Arizona State? Well, Why? I guess he's from Arizona. He's uh. from Arizona. And the guy was just neutral. And you know you have fans who, are, who just want to go to a college football game. Like, yeah, but why would you pick Tempe? Every I think place. because he lived in Arizona. He lives in Tempe. There's a lot of people who live in Tempe. That's just like, I'm going yeah. to... I'm I, will, I have no desire to go to any Arizona road games whatsoever. Well, that's like, I'm going to, to Unless Austin. Unless the national championship is there, then I'm not going. <laughs> well, that's like, I'm going to... Well, so, that's like, I'm going to Austin to visit my uncle, and we're going to go to a UT game. So, I mean... No, I could go to that. Hell yeah! And but I went to and I went to Cal. Austin's wild and Texas is football central, but and, and I went to um I went to Austin or not Austin. I went to see Cal and Washington play, but it was a free ticket, so I wasn't complaining. Yeah, about. but I don't know. I just have I don't like Arizona. It's hot and it's ugly. At yeah. least the desert part of it. During the, the part during that's the remotely winter, during the summertime and in the fall. It is. Um, Flag stuff, but there's not a team up there. Yeah, but yeah, I that wasn't the it, it it sucked because my team got beat, but it's also weird because that span in time, it was so many weird people. There was an elderly couple in front of me; they were really cool. But the guy who was <laughs> always yelling at me, who was apparently a sheriff, apparently, and the guy who's like. It's all right. I'm an Ohio State fan, so I don't have a rooting interest. That those were like the weirdest. That was the weirdest thing ever. On top of, I had to walk back with my ex to her, my then ex to her dorm room. It was just a weird night, anyway. It was just a weird <laughs> night, anyway. Dina, we you got to share your stories because mine. I can go on and on with mine. Yeah, mine. 
I want to say mine was the 2012 loss to to UCLA just because my favorite player was Matt Barkley. Like, I was all in when he was coming back. I remember watching that press conference. He had in Heritage Hall in December announcing he was coming back. Um, You know, the the preseason hype when we were number one, you know, and then the, the expectations carrying over from that. 2011, where, um, you know, people thought we had a shot to go to the national championship. So that, when he got hurt during that game, that was just, that was, that's the heartbreaker for me. But that, plus it was UCLA, so that, that made it worse. But yeah, I just remember sitting there after that game, like, not wanting to scroll through Twitter, like, it's just, I don't know, it just, it had a different feeling than, like, any other loss to me. Just because that was, like, the end point of this season that people thought was going to be USC's full return to glory. You know, that was, Matt Barkley was supposed to win the Heisman that year, so. And is, was there, um, was there any other ones that you, that you had? Yeah, I think um, there's two other ones. So the the most recent one, the the bowl loss to Ohio State, because that was on my birthday, <laughs> and that was just that was a horrible game. Um, and then the the what year was it? 2015, 2014, when we lost to Arizona State on that hail mary. I was at my cousin's wedding watching watching that in like the the room they were serving appetizers in and that was wild. That was annoying. Um But yeah, if I had to put it in order, probably the twenty twelve loss to UCLA, um the Ohio State bowl loss, cotton bowl loss, and then that that Arizona State Hail Mary, but then there was another one. I think it was 2015 because it was my first year at USC. And I want to say it was when Washington came to the Coliseum, and we could not get anything going. Like, the offense was not having it. And looking up the score, let me see what that was. Because that was, that, was that was a bad loss to me, too. It was 2015. Washington, USC, 2015. Game summary. Yeah, that was a bad game. 17 to 12. Because it was one of those games where we could have, it was so easily we could have won that. Because, I mean, Washington only put up 17 points. And yeah. we didn't really, like, we had, we kicked two field goals in the between the first and second quarter, and we scored finally in the fourth quarter. So that was that was a frustrating game for sure. That's up there. Well, we have to ask you guys, share your most, your, the worst USC loss that you've ever witnessed. And again, not the most embarrassing, the worst. Share it with us on, uh, on our Twitter at uh, C Chronicles SBN. Um, but other than that, I think that'll be it for us today. Again, 
You can follow me at Matt A. Lowry on Twitter. You can follow me at Always Compete. And you can uh, listen to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and um, and also on uh, me- on Megaphone. But until next week, we'll talk to you guys later and fight on. Fight on. <laughs>